Hello and welcome back to the Bumpf Car Series. I'm your host, Fergus Sweetland, and for the 78th edition of the podcast, we're shifting gears a little bit here. Traditionally, we'd feature a mix from our artist, but for this week, we'll start off with an audio interview with our artist, followed by a 45-minute mix. Our artist for this episode of the podcast is 25-year-old Wonderlust, a techno producer and DJ based out of Rotterdam. His sound is hard-hitting and intensive, and it's already gained continued support from artists like Dax J, Paula Temple, Rebecca, I Hate Models, and SNTS to name a few. Wanderlust is also the co-founder of record label Occult Rhythms, and in only a year into its operation, is really starting to make waves in Europe. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview now with Wanderlust. So how are you? I'm I'm fine. It's uh, it's a bit early for 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 me personally, but aside from that, I'm I'm pretty good. <laughs> what time in the morning is it? Uh, it's it's eleven now, but I've got a very weird like sleeping pattern or routine, however you want to call it. So this for me for me this is pretty early, but it's all good. I <laughs> see so you're a bit of a night owl. You're sort of yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. What do you, what do you do so late at night? Are you producing music or? Um, well, yeah, it kind of depends, but usually when I when I actually produce, I try to finish um, most of the track in one go. So oh, yeah. yeah, like sometimes it will be, it'll well it will be very late or early in the morning when I actually do finish. At least it's getting done. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, so you're calling from Rotterdam, yeah? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Have you always lived there, or? Um, no, I've pretty much been all over the country and um, as well as other countries. I used to live in uh, Slovenia for a while. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that was because of a well, a relationship, um, yep. which in the end didn't, didn't work out. But yeah, I've, I've been, been all over, but very recently or well, the most recent one being Rotterdam. Yeah. W- where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from a place called Spikenissa, which is well, literally like ten miles um, to the south. Oh yeah, cool. I go to the south of Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Um. All right. So just um, I suppose we'll crack onto the questions. Um, cool. But yeah, I mean, uh, this will just sort of be like a free-flowing kind of conversation i suppose and I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll chop it up and edit it and stuff like that so um yeah, yeah cool sounds good it's kind of interesting i sent you the yeah the um uh mix by the way which will be 45 minutes i'll send you well somewhere today uh, because i haven't had a chance to record it yet but okay cool you'll have it today i'll send you through um my the, the email address just after this okay yeah perfect Cool. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I, I found this sort of uh, this little interview you did with um, Virtual Underground, and it's kind of funny because they ask you how you discovered techno music, and yeah, um, your mate convinced you to go to a, a festival in the summer of 2015, and it, you sort of fell in love with it there. Um, yeah, yeah. What's funny is that's quite literally the same story as me. I, I, some friends <laughs> took me to a festival here in 2015, and I listened to. Um, Marcel Detman play a set and like that was that was just it like everything changed after then but um yeah what what was this festival that you went to and like who sort of who did you see that like made you fall in love with the music uh, it was a it was a festival called Verknipt which is still well I, I would say it, it's a still a pretty big festival at the moment Mm. Um, and it, but it wasn't like a um, how to say it's like it was like a festival with multiple stages, and some of them were like minimal-ish, and then there were some harder ones as well. Yeah. Um, but when we well, when we arrived, it was well, it took some time for me to get used to it because it's a big change from like you know if you if you're in if you're used to EDM kind of stuff, it's it's kind of a leap. Mm. Um, into the deep, you know, with 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 the 
the sorry the the, the change of the change of music yeah yeah <clears throat> um but but yeah at the time on, on this on this one stage we had i'm not sure what the exact lineup was but there was rebecca which i think you will yeah know. yeah i know rebecca yeah yeah um so yeah then and well yeah i i i think she did like a a two-hour set and mm. well but it, it took me like a few minutes just to well get into it and yeah, yeah ever since it's just been that's kind of been the kickstart to the whole thing pretty much i think it's like it's good to sort of hear the music like that for the first time on a big festival sound system just because like yeah it's delivering that sort of energy just to rock your body in all those different ways yeah and well i think but it it was i think it also helps that you start off with like a festival instead of an indoor yeah um kind of party because indoors why to me it's much more intense and heavier compared to like outdoors outdoor parties for sure because uh, yeah, it, but, it's it's interesting you say that. I sort of agree. Because um, I remember in 2014, I saw Devious One just in like a a basement club down here in Melbourne. And mm-hmm. I remember like enjoying the set, but it sort of took me that that outdoor festival vibe just to make me sort of fall in love with it a bit deeper. I suppose it's like yeah, it's it's less just- intimidating and obviously louder and and, and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, fully agree. What were you um, listening to before you heard Rebecca? Uh, as in, like before the festival? As in, yeah, like what music were you um, just listening to in general? <laughs> like, what did you enjoy? I think it was using mostly just um, house music, I guess. It, not, but not like the very um, mainstream one. Like, I didn't, I didn't used to go to these um, house festivals whatsoever. I've actually never been to one, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I used to be like at home or at work or whatever, I just used to listen to these housey kind of mixes and stuff. Jeez, Rebecca would have been a, a bit of a shock. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. But I think this is good. This is what's good about this one festival is that they had more stages, so you could like rotate between the lot. You know, if it got too hard at the time, you could just go to another stage, which, which would yeah, play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, less hard stuff, I suppose. But it wasn't it wasn't a hard festival in general. So compared to, you know, the festivals which are out there, like, well, I mean, Awakenings, you know, with the harder stages, it's it was nothing compared to that. So it was a good introduction to the whole thing. Absolutely, yeah. So did you know you wanted to follow music in life before that, um, before you sort of found techno music or, or was it after no. that, that you wanted to... <laughs> to pursue it well i mean i've i've always been kind of busy with producing i guess but more like making loops or remaking tracks yeah um i started off producing when i was like 13 years old and i think a year after a year a year after producing well after after i started producing i got my first um dj set on vinyl oh wow um with some we actually still have the um uh, the records that it came with because it came with like 50 or 100 random vinyl um records um which weren't the best but it got me started <laughs> into like you know the, the beat matching kind of yeah, stuff yeah the technique yeah yeah exactly and it, well, it had nothing to do with with techno at the time there may have been like a uh, a very minimal record like among them but um yeah, I mean, I mean, I've I've always been involved in music, but it was never like my goal to to make a career out of it or something like that. Yeah. What made you decide you wanted to make a career out of it? Uh, I think I think that's something that actually happened very recent. Um, when I had my first gig in December last year, um, as well as well my productions getting quite good feedback i guess yeah because you've you've been yeah. getting like a um like feedback from people like dax j yes yeah well that that it, that didn't happen right at the start because at the start was just you know i used to i've been producing for like four years now which three i actually never uploaded a single track yeah i mean 
I used to finish a track and show it to you know my my friends through a private link, and they would tell me you should really release this and it's really good. And I just couldn't convince myself that it was good enough. Mm. So I would actually never like publicly release it, but still think. You know, I'd be really hard on myself and kind of be like a perfectionist kind of person. Yeah. I don't so, think that's like yeah. a bad um, sort of thing to, uh, to to sort of have in place with your music. Because, I mean, when you put it out there, you, you want it to be good and you want people to, to sort of be receptive to that. The first time they hear that your music, they you want them to be like, oh, wow, this is actually really good music. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Although, like, I've I've had this a similar discussion with um, I think it was one of my one of my friends as well, and um, it's like it's good to be hard on yourself with your productions, but it needs to be to the point where you're still willing to release the track because if you're just being hard on yourself to the point where you're holding back on releasing, like to me, this is what I discovered like after those three years when you actually put the track out there, mm. that feedback is is a well i mean it's like the golden motivator for the whole thing i mean whether it's good or whether it's bad you still need people to um yeah i don't know just just you have to you have to know their feedback in order to improve something or to change something or whatsoever at least that's my experience from it yeah i agree with that for sure for sure for sure so, I mean, since you started making music, you've gone on to make your own record label, Occult Rhythms. Um, mm-hmm. What what um, what sort of motivated you to do that and what did you want the label to represent? Um, well, I started off um, with an EP that I made with a friend from France. Um, his name is Savagery. And he's actually the person who I run the label with. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a joint project. Yeah, yeah. And it started off with, well, we made the EP and afterwards we were looking for a place where we could upload the EP. And it was either going to be, well, my channel, his channel or a third party channel, which would be middle ground. Yeah. Um, so we went with that one in the end. And well, we did some research on which label would be best for us. And the longer we searched, the more we came to realize that there are a lot of labels out there who just represent friends. So it's like yeah. they don't allow, you know, people who they don't know to release on their label because they just want to keep it for themselves, Absolutely. which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, then we found some labels which have a very long upload schedule. So we'd have to wait for literal, well, sometimes even half a year before a track would be released. And well, I think in half a year you can improve so much on your yeah. own tracks. So you'll be looking back on your tracks like, you know, it's just not as good as it will be today. Mm. Um, yeah, so so this is kind of something that motivated us to, you know, well, why don't we just start something together? Um, and we'd be more open to people submitting their tracks to us. Um, as for the last one, like with the, with the release schedule, this is something which is kind of became ironic because but we have a release schedule right now for four months. So this is something that you can't really avoid, I guess, because people will want to release and it kind of stacks up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what like um, drove us to start the whole thing. And what we wanted to represent is, well, basically dark and industrial techno, um, mm. but not just artists which are already you know, rising or known to the scene, but also new artists which do not have a following and are just starting off and kind of like us when we just finished the EP, we were just looking for a place to, you know, drop the tracks essentially. Yeah. How's the experience been so far for you? Um, yeah, really good. I mean, it's, it's time consuming, which is also why, um, well, why it's good that we're doing it as a duo mm. because obviously we still got our own projects like i've got my own tracks on my own gigs and so does he so to combine it it's yeah well i mean it's a lot of work but i think it turns out really good we've we've got quite a following over the you know i don't even think it's been a year that we've um got the label now but you've yeah, got well the feedback over like a thousand been... uh, a thousand followers on soundcloud though already yeah like in a short short while 
Yeah, that went. Yeah, it went. It went really quick. And as well as with the <laughs> with the release schedule, um, I think we're scheduled all the way until late mid or late December now with um, podcasts as well as releases. Brilliant. So we do uh, we do a weekly podcast series every Friday, mm-hmm. and we have releases either an EP or a single track um, biweekly on Wednesdays. Amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think, like, now that you've been running the the label for, for about a year, was is there something that you've learned that you sort of didn't know that would be a part of running a label? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, we kind of knew what we wanted at the beginning with the... You know that the the plan we had in mind with the podcast and the releases is something we had in mind already so we kind of knew what to expect um yeah i think everything just kind of fell into place to be honest with the way how we thought it would be it kind of happened the way it did we we said from the start that we would you know split the activities between the two there would be probably be a time where you know i would be busy and he would have to do it and vice versa Mm. so yeah i mean it's not it's not really um yeah it just kind of turned out the way how we thought it would i I, I guess yeah and i suppose if your motivation's in the right place it's not really a chore because it's something you enjoy doing yeah exactly i mean i mean we didn't we didn't expect the the you know the label to kick off the way it did and to get so much um positivity out of it this quick but in terms of like you know the stuff the stuff that needs to happen to run it yeah we kind of anticipated it to be this way that's awesome man well congratulations like it seems like it's going really well which is which is great yeah for sure thanks no no worries um <laughs> so you're, you're coming down to to melbourne in september um so this would, would this be your first time in australia yes yeah first time so it's a, a gig for um plexus and static um mm-hmm um, I feel like a lot of people have like a stereotypical view of what Australia might be like or what Australians are like just because we're, we're in so far away from, from say, Europe <laughs> or anything like that. Have, have you sort of, is there, is there anything that you've sort of heard about Australia or anything like that or well, do you have any I expectations? Mean, uh, expectations, I think it will be very cool. I think it will be a great experience. Um, mm. Which is also why it's been, well, kind of surreal in a way to have this experience, especially this early on, because, you know, I've just been active in the scene for a year at most at the moment. Yeah. It's so, so, really to well. be, so, so to be doing it this quickly is, well, it's just insane. Um, but in terms of like stereotypes kind of things, I know you know, literally every animal is dangerous. That's something I know. <laughs> so Common I'll have to check my apartment. <laughs> Sorry? Common misconception. Everyone thinks that <laughs> everything down here wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the accent, that is something which is very interesting. Yeah, it's sort of like a, I was talking about this with some, with some friends and, I feel like the Australian language is just taking English and we've done something completely weird and different with it, even though it might be, I don't know, it, it is actually kind of like a complex thing, even though it sounds pretty rough. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a weird language. I remember going to Europe for the first time and speaking how I would normally speak and I quickly realized that people just sort of didn't understand me and so i had to remember how to actually speak english speak properly. slowly and yeah <laughs> yeah i can assure you, you won't get in, uh, bitten by any spiders or snakes or sharks or anything <laughs> like that in your time down here <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> no it'd be cool man it'd be cool having you down here um they they recently did um renovations on the club you're playing at so it's like a brand new space Oh, brand cool. new speakers, brand new lights, and um, yeah, it's pretty renowned as like a, a hot spot for this kind of music for, for for all music really, but just like a hot spot for a, mm. a good night. So yeah, not awesome. Yeah, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to it, it, man. For sure. A 
big thanks for Jeff for taking the time to chat to me. But please now give it up for Wonderlust with a mix exclusive to Boomfcast.
proud about it.